right, we are back once again. Season four, episode two. Yes. Are we counting it, again? Uh, yeah, it's at least up until uh, we can't count any higher. Well, that would be it. We're done. <laughs> We're done, yeah. So this is it. Um, a great first uh, episode on Picard, or at least it was fun to do. Yeah. Um, and we're going to sort of almost revisit ground that we've hoed in the past. Yeah. Uh, because we did a whole deep dive episode on uh, Silk Degrees. Right. Boz Gags. Um, and we debated whether we should do that one or Middleman. We did, and we obviously settled on Silk Degrees. But also, how many times have I said that the Yadia song that, that to me is... Jojo. Jojo, so yes. We're, we're going to visit that again. Yes, we are. Yeah, and that's actually how this whole topic came to me one day, um, because you've always said that, and I have no mm-hmm. argument. There's every, almost every element, maybe every element is in that tune. That's my feeling. We'll yeah. go through, we'll okay. maybe debate that a little bit. Yeah. But the one day I'm cutting the lawn and I'm listening to Simone and I'm like, I don't <laughs> know what, over, something came over me like, Where's this song been my whole life? Not that I didn't know it or it was hiding. I'm like, this song is killer. Well, I don't think it was ever released, so it was not maybe hit. Maybe, know? but I heard it. I think I'm serious of all places. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But anyway, it came up, and I'm like, this tune is a, it's pure fire. Yeah, I'm like, I think I might like this better than JoJo. And then I started thinking, wait, is it yachtier than JoJo? Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe we could have the two ladies square off in the ring. Yes. 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 You remember the- uh, Civil War. <laughs> yes. I was going to say, do you remember the gorgeous ladies of wrestling? Yes. Glow? Glow. Yeah. Well, this is the gorgeous ladies of West Coast. Ah. So it's still glow. Gloak. <laughs> no. Forget the <laughs> C part. The C is silent. Yes. It's implied. <laughs> Gloak. All right. Or Glauk. Uh, all right. So what we'll do is- uh, We'll get him into the ring and yeah. we'll do our thing and we'll figure out, uh, I guess, which song's better or more seaworthy. All right. Where do you want to start? Which one do you want to do first? Well, we got to start with um, uh, Let's Get Ready to Not Get Sued no. by That Guy. Right. Exactly. Uh, okay. So I thought we might start with the tail of the tape. All right. So let's look at the personnel. Okay. See if there's anything to be gleaned. So again, both of these albums are off middle band. So you can't say, you know, one had a different producer or technology so they right um they might a producer and engineer probably mixed it and yep. mastered by doug Sachs. so all of the sonics would be from the same people so now jojo has here's the personnel on that one so david foster yeah who also has some writing credit on jojo yeah um so ray parker jr on guitar steve lukather on guitar right jeff picaro on drums and then john pierce on bass right in a sax solo by adrian tapia Yes, and there was an interesting story about that from our Bill Schnee episode. So it, that, that what was that? Why didn't they have the regular session cats in there? Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. He uh, he actually tried. He wouldn't name them, but he said two of the biggest names he brought in to try, and it didn't have the fire that he had been hearing when Boz. Because Boz started doing this song live before it was recorded. And right. Bill had gone to a couple of the shows, and it always had eluded him what to do in that one section, what to put in there. He always felt it needed something, but didn't know what it was. And so when he saw Boz live, he had this sax player that was just blowing his brains out over that. And Bill thought, perfect. That's exactly the right thing. Let's do sax there. So he tried to bring in two of the top guys. And he said, both played very, very well, but neither of them really captured what I was hearing live. He said, so I had one of those duh moments. Bring in the guy from the live band to do <laughs> yeah. it. And that's who Adrian is. It's it, it does serve the song well. 
I mean, in my mind, I know who the other two have to be, right? Yeah, I think it's so. Like, it's got to be Sanborn and Ernie Watts, right? Yeah. It's got to be. Could and be he, a Brecker. Could be, that yeah, could be that's the, true. So it's at least two of those three. Four times Scott. Now there's four of them. Oh, geez. Anyways, this guy plays a Yacht Rock sax solo very well. Like, yeah. Yeah, so he could have been any four of those guys in right. my mind. All right, so let's go um, personnel on Simone. Yeah. Uh, it's almost identical, but not entirely. So you have David Foster. You mm-hmm. have Ray Parker Jr., but you have David Page on synth. Yep, Page is in on that one. Yeah, it's a little yachtier there. Uh, Lukather, um, Picaro, and drums. Yeah, Ray Parker's on that one too. So they're both same guitar players. Yep. Um, and this time though, we've got David Hungate on bass. Hungate on bass. Yeah. So you know, you blur the eyes in the second tune if you you know if they were you know blind taste test. That one's a little yachtier in terms of personnel. I suppose you could say that, right? The other thing I noticed is that I'm hearing more synth. I think in this and. Uh, does that potentially bring in more uh, Boddicker to the equation? Maybe. Yeah, certainly JoJo's heavy on the piano, which we know would be yeah, Foster. acoustic piano. Yes. Right. So I, I don't have him listed uh, on this track, but he, Boddicker is uh, you know, credited on the album as doing synth. So I'm just wondering, maybe that brings me in. So anyways, so that's the personnel. Well, what about the Yatsky ratings? Did you look those up? Oh, I did not. Do you have okay, those? Okay, I have those. All right. Um. JoJo came in at a 71.25, and most of the four were roughly around the upper 60s to low 70s, so hovering right around that number. Uh, Simone is actually four points higher at 75.25, but Steve had an outlier rating of 85, where most of the others were in the, say, 68 Mm. to 70 area. So I think I'm tracking with Steve on this one. Okay. Only because I always thought that JoJo had the perfect Yacht Rock groove, Mm -hmm. but maybe I'm just falling in love with the David Hungate bass part, because I feel like Simone's got a little more of the actual true doom to doom Gotcha. Let's just hear a little of the intros to both, shall we? All right. So let's start with JoJo. So there's Jojo with the shuffle groove, very, um, very Toto influenced, I feel like this one. Whereas surprisingly, even though Foster plays the big piano part on this one, I still feel more of a Foster uh, feeling to the intro of Simone. So let's hit that. I really hear Foster in that. It has that perfect Yachty groove in the beginning. I mean, you got that nice mute guitar against the sparse bass line. I do feel a touch of disco in the groove. There's a little more of a heavy use of strings, like those Hollywood strings, very uh, sort of glittery on the top. Uh, And the attack on that mute guitar is much snappier, which gives me a little more of a disco vibe. Not not heavy, but just a little. You know what's interesting you mentioned that? Because... Um, can we fast forward just because you brought up that topic? Okay. Um, on Simone, so we've heard the intro, right? Yeah. And now let's go to the end where we're sort of outroing and doing the vamp. And there's a new melody line that is introduced with the palm mutes, and it was very reminiscent to me of what's the guy's name from Michael Jack David Williams? 
that did remember mm-hmm. we discovered him the thriller mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he had these very percussive very in your left ear um sort of counter melodies um that were not they were more like rigid than the typical guitar mm-hmm. palm mute so mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. listen to a little of the end Yeah, it sounds like it's being doubled with some sort of mallet synthy yeah, sounding thing. Exactly. I'm not sure what that is. Doesn't it sort of remind you of how Williams used to approach the performance? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, I so, will say that that song has, even though the uh, JoJo is heavy on the acoustic piano, this one has what I deem to be the classic sort of yacht rock uh, thing, where you layer the roads and the electric or the roads and the acoustic piano which is a very much of a foster trait yes. which we know he's heavy on both of these songs but hearing the roads layered with it uh, i would give a nod for that for sure to simone yeah yeah um and then just a big picture thing just to zoom back real quick okay. like you could feel when you go back and forth between the songs don't you feel the energy pick up in simone and i know that Yes. JoJo's not supposed to be energetic. Right. But man, maybe that's what happened to me when I was caught in the lawn that day. I'm like, whoa. Maybe, yeah, yeah, I hear that. That tune rocks. Well, since we're talking about the guitar parts, and um, l- let's go back then to JoJo and look at a little bit of those uh, guitar things. Now, there's two parts going on there. There's the little one on the left side that's sort of strumming the chords, and then there's the more mid-rangey, almost clavichord-sounding single-note thing that comes in on the right side. It's more of a funk sound Mm. to me. It makes me wonder who's playing which part, because when it first starts out and I hear those chords, I think that that's Ray Parker Jr. And then when this other part comes in, I'm like, oh no, that has to be Ray. Because that sound to me sounds like radio and and less like Lukather. Yeah, so I don't know which one's which on that one. Do you remember when we had Jay Graydon on? He talked about playing with Ray Parker. We asked him, or he offered, yeah. like, how did you decide who was going to do what? He said, "Well, you just ask. You want to play rhythm? Yeah. All right, I'll play single note." <laughs> I think he said that he thought Ray was the best rhythm player he ever heard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Um, I just want to remind people because we we covered this in depth when we did uh, Silk Crease, but. Um, you pointed out how clever it is that when they get to the sax solo, which maybe we should play yeah. a little of it, because I think that gives a little nod to Well, they're to, like the interludes, not the actual yeah. solo, but the interludes between the verse. When the bass guitar drops out. Just drops out. Let's hear it. to ask Bill when we had him Bill on. Schnee, yeah. So was that like a decision that was made at mix time and you just decided to mute it and everyone liked it? And he said, no, it was always part of the arrangement, which made me think, why would you do that? Uh, well, here's... I know it works. It works, but they were doing it um, live, right? Because they were doing... That's probably just yeah. a live arrangement thing they did. And then maybe when the bass kicks back in, it takes it to a, another level. It does level. that. And that's what... It, yeah, exactly. That's my takeaway. So that just... Compare and contrast, 
what I like about Simone, how they take it to another energy level is just the mere transition between the verse into a chorus feels like a key change every time. So let's go to the end of a verse into a chorus. It feel how it like feels like it's at a new energy level here. Yeah, I know what you mean. I'll yeah. roll with that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, though, you get a sax solo, that's worth a few, if not 10 extra points in the Yachty. Well, and also part. the way that the horn parts are in this one, you've got those, what we mm. would call the Jerry Hay horns. They're very aggressive. Yes. They're very punchy. They're very uh, heavily attacked, very high range, generally in the trumpets. You know, So here's a couple of those on JoJo. So we go over to Simone now. It's much more of a mellow, almost like a 70s uh, adult contemporary, like flugelhorn kind of sounding horns. They're very soft, very understated. Again, a la what you might hear in a disco track. Yeah, that's true. I see where you're going with this. Since we're on Simone, though, what is going on in verse two? Make it romantic. Make it up, I don't care. Now, this is, if you get 10 points more for your, uh, a sax solo, do you lose 10 points for bringing an accordion to the show? <laughs> Come on. I don't know how they thought that fit. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> that sounds like something Boz came up with. Yeah, know. maybe. And he's like, oh, he's his. Faces on the cover. We're going to let it go. Exactly. All right. I got a couple. Uh, I got, you know, a nice fosterism that I think is a vote in the favor of JoJo. At the uh, Before the bridges each time on this, there is a, uh, this breaks. And I don't know what to describe the rhythm pattern is. It's difficult to count because you got this hold with no rhythm. And then when the drums and the piano lead us back in they're playing like some sort of odd quarter note triplet pattern this is uh something only foster would come up with Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> well okay i will see your right. uh, creative interlude uh, and I will raise you a creative interlude because okay. I think what happens in Simone, this little breakdown part at 235, might be the most interesting thing out of the entirety of both songs. Let's okay. hear that. I didn't come here to argue that this song was more disco, though. Well, it seems like every talking point that's true. kind of goes that way. With that, When I wrote that, uh, my notes down about that breakdown, it made me wonder, A, if they ever intended to do more with it than just that moody synth thing that's in there, because it, nothing really happens. It's just kind of a breakdown. But those kind of breakdowns are kind of more indicative of a disco tune than maybe a yacht rock tune. You yeah. know, well, it just seems like it's opening it up for the sake of the dance floor. I don't know. 
Well, play it again. Are we hearing uh, 16th notes on the hi-hat? Because that would be a, a point in your favor. Let's see. Point made. Uh, I think I need a white blazer with large lapels. Yes, and gold uh, goldfish <laughs> in the heels of your shoes. I already have that. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to just... Uh, Put in a plug for Hungate here. Not that okay. he needs my support, but um, I just want to see if you can hear. This is kind of why I think having Hungate on the tune, not that, you know, anything against the other guy, but when you get Hungate, you get runs like this that when we talked about Hungate in that episode a long time ago, it's like he has this just way about doing these clever little runs. There's one at 320. Yeah. And then there's one at 3.30. So it's just... mm. You got any other uh, points and or counterpoints you want to hit me with? Well, I did have just as a counterpoint with uh, Simone, a a point against. I think there's too many of those strings for it to be yachtier than JoJo. Okay. Uh, uh, I yeah, I agree with that. That was one of the notes I had. So, and just uh, uh, well, real quick, there's no solo at all, right? That's a point against. If you were to bring Steve's number, going back to the guy who did the math for us, if you brought <laughs> Steve's number back down to either removed it from the equation or brought it back down to more of uh, inconsistency with the others, then I think this would probably end up a point or two below JoJo. Is that where you would put it? Yeah. All I, right. I I, I I still can't completely go back on. Feeling like JoJo explains. If you had to explain people yacht rock in one oh, song, oh yeah, yeah, right, you know what yeah, I mean for sure. Yeah, the thing that would make that a perfect yacht rock song, though, I think, is uh, if you took the E roads from Simone and layered yeah. that, and then you just lived with whatever Ernie Watts came up with. <laughs> so like now you got Ernie Watts doing the solo, or on the fade out for the play out, you had Lukather Blaze take zero Ooh, solo. Yes, you know. and then Picaro could do like some real Cut. rapid fire kick drum stuff at the end, and some hi hat pinches. <laughs> well, I had one other note uh, in favor of JoJo, and it's also drum related. Check out the fill that he works in here at four thirty. Three hits. Yeah, that's just amazing. It's a three uh, three pack of uh, hi hat pinches for you there. Yeah, that's something else that was thought out in advance. Going back to last week's episode, yeah. You know? And he's gonna save it for the end. Yeah, it's like oh yep. man. Yep. Well, I think we should render a judgment. Which song is yachtier? Are you gonna give it? On points to JoJo? I'm still giving it on points. It's certainly not a knockout in any stage. Yep. Yeah. I think uh, I would, too. I expected, even listening it back, I think I'd like Simone better because it's a little more novel to me. Could it just be fresher? That's too? what I mean. Like, I've heard JoJo oh, a okay. billion times, yeah. right? Yeah. And this one is kind of a buried treasure, almost. I would agree with that. Yep. So, But I still, God, there's too many elements to JoJo's favor. So, you may be right. That's Billy Joel. I may be crazy. Yeah. Uh, But it just might be a lightning round you're looking for. (laughs) Wait, that's the new sound effect? No, 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 no. All right, let's hear it. It's just for this week. Oh, jeez. All right. Well, I started last week. So have you found something at sea you'd like to share with the class? Yes, yes. We're doing found at sea now instead of floating your boat because uh, this is how we are going to roll now. And we are on the losing end of a very expensive lawsuit. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Yes. Found at sea. So this is in general things that we find out in the wild or are sent to us by listeners 
Um, they aren't necessarily going to be framed in the shape of does this float your boat? This is just interesting fodder for discussion and or debate. So uh, this has been out now for several weeks. But um, as you know, I'm an avid follower of the Rick Beato uh, mm. show on, on YouTube. Yeah. And I just, I don't know if I found this interesting or I just found it depressing, but he was talking about, uh, it's an episode he has called The Disappearance of Key Changes in Modern Music. I saw that one. He had something sent to him, maybe that was found at sea for him, some uh, data tracker that did an analysis of all of the songs from the, uh, all the number one songs, any song that hit number one. Uh, from the 1960s all the way up to 2010. And he graphed them out in terms of what of these songs have some sort of key change in them, whether they're the chords in a verse move from key to key or whether there's an actual buildup and then a jump to a new key, like he mentions, like Mandy from Barry Manilow, which yeah, is one of the- I was going to mention yeah. Air Supply. <laughs> okay, yeah. Air Supply too, mm-hmm. another one. So what this guy found was that from the 1960s to the 1990s, 25% of the number one songs have some sort of key change in them. Hmm. You're talking about number one songs? I bet it's zero now. Number one songs. Since 2010, so that's in the last 12 years, how many songs that went number one have a key change? I'm going to say zero. It's actually one. Uh, what Which is it? maybe more depressing than <laughs> zero somehow. Yeah, because somebody tried it, went to number one, but nobody else emulated it. Well, it's it. like a hip-hop or rap thing, I guess. I don't really know much about who Travis Scott is, but a song called Sicko Mode. Oh, yeah. So d- yeah. did he just happen to grab two different samples from two different <laughs> songs, and that qualifies as a key change? Well, he actually sampled an Air Supply song. <laughs> did he really? No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's probably a sample. That's the sad part about that. Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. Well, you're not going to include that song on our... Playlist. It will not make the playlist. Okay. Well, I wonder if this one will. Okay. Here's what I found at sea, and I don't even remember how I found it, but um, I'm maybe it got suggested to me, uh, you know, by Spotify, and I'm like, wait, what is is this? A hundred ways. This is a hundred ways by James Ingram. Yeah. And I'm like, this is gonna be awesome. Will it be Yachty? Will it not be Yachty? Do you know? Yeah. Let's hear. It. Compliment. What she does Send her roses Just because If it's violin She loves Let them play Dedicate Her favorite song So I know we're not floating your boat, but I expected that to be a little more yachty than it ended up being myself. Well, one thing I would say is that you always in general need to be aware or alert to these re-records because they're never uh, as good as the original. They never have the mojo that made the first one special. They're generally, I mean, I'm sure the Quincy team isn't producing this, for example, but maybe I'm a little more forgiving than you. I mean, it, it has still a lot of the elements of the original groove at least it feels the same but certainly there is a plenty of digital uh, trickery going on there are some good ideas at the end they have some horn hits and things that happen but again they do feel a bit mechanical and digitally programmed they don't feel all that natural but uh i like the feel of it i like his vocal performance 
But uh, so maybe I'm a little more forgiving. But in general, I would say, yeah, I agree. Maybe I love the original so much. I was expecting it to be completely organic instrumentation. And there's some digital stuff going yeah, on. Okay. There. I, I got like, you. Eh. Okay. But he's got this whole album out where it's, you know, in, from 1999, which was, you know, so he's got Yamo yeah, be there. And anyways, a bunch of new versions of stuff. So. I was slightly disappointed. Well, I but certainly prefer the original. Yes. Oh, love gosh, that. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, so that brings us to a buried treasure, which you're going to love. Oh, <laughs> I think. That's what I'm here for. Yep. Well, you are here for one thing, and that was I grew up in a household very familiar with the work of Jack Wagner. Ah, yes. And if it were not for you, I don't think I would have well, who knows true i was watching general hospital at the time anyway but you really got yeah, but i went out and bought the records you man. bought the records and uh interestingly enough so i decided I'm, as you probably know because i was sending you songs yeah. i'm like i'm gonna go through the whole jack Wagner it's just catalog. laden with west coast personnel man it is which i didn't know so and on but, quincy's label exactly so here's a song that i forgot i had forgotten about okay. and it's actually his most spun song i would have thought it'd be all i need it's not it's not no oh. it's actually off the second album lighting oh, up the yeah. night 1985 i totally forgot about this gem it's not yachty but who cares too young i was too young but that's no excuse i had too much You forgot about that? Probably not. But now that you say it, no. I, I I wonder how the heck could that could have been more played than all I need, unless all I need was broken up, like because it got released multiple times. I don't Maybe. know. But yeah. But that song, sir, was written by David Foster, Jay Graydon, Dang. Steve Kipner. Well, I told you it was laden with yes. personnel. And Donnie Osmond. Ah, wow. So I wonder. I thought that maybe Donny Osmond originally recorded it. He does have a song called Too Young, but it ain't that one. Huh. So, and then uh, you mentioned personnel. So all those guys that we already mentioned, plus uh, my, Quincy Jones is actually performs on this record, as does Paulino da Costa, mm-hmm. um, Greg Fillingains, Jay Winding, and uh, Michael Landau. That is a yacht-laden album. Yeah. Too good. I love that song. Yeah, there's a song on there called uh, the title track, Lighten Up the Night, which was a Jeff Lorber song. He wrote it and arranged it. Interestingly, so here's the thing why I looked at personnel. So if you listen to that song, I'm like, man, this sounds like David Foster era Chicago. Yeah. And then I look it up, of course, who wrote it, David Foster. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, it does. Definitely. Good tune. All right. What do you have for Barry Treasure? Yes, I keep saying Treasure. 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 Yes, he does that intentionally. Uh, Steely Dance Pretzel Logic album. Um, (laughs) This song... Always catches me off guard when I listen to it. It's uh, you know a non-hit from them, so that's what makes it a buried treasure because it's a deep cut on the record. But maybe this is why. Every time I listen to it, I'm kind of like, hmm, did that really just happen? <laughs> and then I had to go back and actually say, okay, this time I'm going to actually pay attention. Do you realize that the verses of the song Through With Buzz by Steely Dan from Pretzel Logic, the verse is only one line? No. Each time. The song's only a minute and a half long. <laughs> he says, he takes all my money. You know, I'm through with Buzz. We're back, you know, that's the chorus now. Yes, I'm through with Buzz. All right. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Second verse. He's not very funny. 
You know I'm through with buzzer. Back to the chorus again. Third chorus or third verse. Maybe he's a fairy. You know I'm through with buzz. So uh, let, let's play that first verse. Yeah. He takes all my money. You know I'm think that i mean i couldn't imagine writing that and saying yeah we're gonna do a verse that has five words that's it <laughs> we're gonna say one line and boom right to the chorus you're talking <laughs> to like dare them to see how fast they could get to a chorus or something <laughs> well you're talking about mad scientists i know be mad i could never imagine writing a song like that and saying, yeah i'm gonna roll with this <laughs> so yeah. weird yeah 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 all right yet it's a great song it is yeah. in and out in a minute and a half like the old beach boys tunes yeah, exactly so they had more than five words in their verses they sure did they had more than five parts in their harmonies true all right i guess that makes me off yeah. the map yeah take us off the map here i'm going back to the original maybe my very first um off the map. I'm trying to remember if it was. I think it was um, Katie Lang's Constant Craving. I'm talking about all the way back when yes. we first established what it was going to be like. So I wanted to go back and find something like that. There was like a uh, maybe a Sophista Pop song or something that has all of the class, all the culture, all the nice recording of Yacht Rock, but definitely is not a Yacht Rock song. Mm-hmm. And we were listening at home not that long ago to Basha, if you know her. The, oh, she's yeah. a Polish singer. Um, from Time and Tide, 1987, this is Run for Cover. some post-yacht sophista pop for you yeah interesting so how did you land on that one of all tunes just felt right uh, the, the record was playing and it felt right at the time and i just immediately made the note and dropped it in the list and said this is going to be off the map all right what do you got it is off the map uh well my uh exploration uh of the jack wagner catalog did not stop in 1987 Ooh. it kept going all the way through 2005 here's a cover of a Proto yacht classic Jack Wagner doing Dancing in the Moonlight. Dancing in the Moonlight. Everybody was feeling warm and bright. It's such a fine natural sight. Everybody was dancing in the moonlight. Like fun and never fight. Like that fun. You can't dance and stay up tight. It's super so, I wonder if he sang that one on General Hospital, like when when he came back twenty years later or something, uh, Nurses Ball or something like that. <laughs> Nurses Ball. Well, it's funny you say that because he in that same album, yeah, or no, in twenty fourteen, the album after that, he does the right key. Yes, and I heard that song. I'm like, I remember exactly the first time I heard this, and it was 1989. Remember, I said it to you, <laughs> you and did. I found the, you found the episode, episode. on YouTube. I, I used to play this song on my acoustic guitar. Oh my god! No, yeah. did you really? Yeah, I oh. had to learn it. So, anyways, that's why I fell in love with that tune. Wow. Um, yeah. So enough Jack Wagner for today. So, for today, though, uh, I'm going to go home and listen to some. Well, you want to go home and listen? To some? I'm going to get us out of here. All right, ahoy, polloi. Ahoy.